welcome to another installment of the Persistent Rumor. If we look exasperated, it's because there was all sorts of fucking technical problems trying to get this thing going. Mildly moist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah. my name is Chocolate Yoda, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H. It's right there under me. Just read it. Stop. Stop being a jerk. Anyway, uh, and with me as always, and this time live and in person. We're well, It's always live, so, yeah. but this is in person. We're touching. It's my heterosexual life mate, John Glenda. Heterosexual is a stretch, but it's okay. <laughs> Hi! How's everybody doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, you know, uh, I am happy to say that the problems that we had... Uh, setting this up our first world problems indeed and i can live with that. yeah indeed it just like it just uh caused a little perspiration i'm totally fine with that yeah, yeah. it's just uh you know getting underneath the the, the office space here and uh, getting some mics working but we're yeah. doing good we're doing yeah. good welcome well, to america well some mics is a stretch we got one mic working one we, mic we working. have two we have everything that two mics need to work but yeah only one is working yeah so you know it's uh that's <laughs> what it is we're gonna yeah we're going to keep trying here and just, uh, the important part is that we're here. Yes. We're delivering you the goods. Right. And that's what we wanted to do. And just in person, you yeah. know, and uh, we got this, uh, you know, we got this. I didn't know that's way when you started with uh, we're here, I thought it was going to go a totally different direction, but all right. Nope. That's it. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm just very cut and dry. We're here. We're not queer. Or maybe one of us is, but... <laughs> Hey, <laughs> get used to it. That's right. Uh, anyway, all right. So, um, so anyway, what's on your mind, Chump? Man, <laughs> let me tell you about the craziness. I want to teach you guys a little something here. So here, here's what I saw on Insta on Instagram. Somebody told put a story about how ooh, the Taliban now has what eighty five percent of the countries around the world don't have, and that's you know Black Hawk helicopters. And it's like, sure, so yeah. So wait, so I, I have to stop you for a moment. Yeah. And I want to know, who exactly are you imitating? <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, you know, I just wanted to go real, like, you know, kind of like, uh, just very retro. I just wanted to go, like, very sexy. Yeah, like, very 60, 70 right. kind of, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know. So, like, you know, right, maybe. So that's good. Yeah. All right, so that, that's fair enough. I don't, um, I don't think I had anybody in mind, really, but, you know, maybe you, maybe it, it, it's, it, it, uh, it, Spark something in there? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Anyway, moving on. So, yeah. So, this thing came about. And then I'm thinking about, yeah, I, I get it. But, like, there's only, like, a dozen countries that have Black Hawk helicopters, number one. Um, and, you know, like, when you think about it, it's like, you know, they, they took out the avionics of the Black Hawk helicopters. And, like, we knew that there was going to be a whole bunch of left over a lot of the stuff that they left over was stuff that they got for the afghan army who decided hey you're not paying us anymore we're not going to keep fighting all right look whatever it is what it is so the taliban took you know uh or will take ownership of whatever's left over you know what i'm saying whether they sell it or whether they you know they use it you know whatever but it's like if somebody left you a black hawk helicopter in your front lawn what are you going to do with it? Because are you going to get on it and fly it? You're not going to do that. That's number one. What do you think? I would definitely fly it. 
I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, this is, a, it's it's not going to be a trial and error kind of situation. Yeah. Like, no, you get no, one shot be, at it. It'll be an extremely short flight because I'll crash immediately. Right yeah, now. yeah. So, you know, and that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, like, it, it, it you know, this is how, like, misinformation gets spread out. Like, you know, it's like, you can, you can take this part of a story here and just like fluff it up to a point where it's like oh look at that we gave them like weapons of mass destruction and all kinds of whatever the people are worried about it's like the taliban has whatever we left to the afghan army like we knew that going forward like we knew that 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 was a possibility and we knew that the exit plan we shouldn't have been there to begin with right so here's my question now yeah because you can't saw the sawdust we're, we were there yeah right we america was there yeah so why are people suddenly, A, concerned with something that they've never been concerned about before, and B, think that they know what they're talking about? <laughs> I mean, you know, the, we're, we're, we're hearing people talk about, like, the, the coronavirus, like, they're, like, immunology experts, like, yeah. they know, like, they know what the they're talking about like right. you know the masks don't work and you know yeah. all of this kind of people stuff. that couldn't help their 12 year olds with their homework yeah mm -hmm. yeah so you know it so it just goes on and on like there's all, all this bullshit about you know everything they want and the and and the people that are really just going off the, off the hinges here are the ones who were just like oh i hate it you know i hated biden and it should have been trump and it's like this was trump's plan this is Trump's plan that Biden's carrying out, and and here's so, uh, here's a big uh, bit of information. It's probably oxymoronic. Here's a here's a big load of information that they that they leave out of this conversation when they reference Dunk. He's the one that negotiated the release of five thousand prisoners, many of whom have already been reported to be in the group that's taking over the country. Mm -hmm. So another great example of the master negotiator, Donnie Dump. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, this is how all of these falsehoods get spread out and get, they, you know, they get onto fucking social media and people just start harping on it and using memes and all kinds of sound bites from Fox and all of these other people because Fox, ONN and Newsmax and all of these, they know how, they know how to, they know how to make, a headline work like I'll give them that they know how to make a headline work they know how to use buzzwords to, to, to throw something off balance so that it could it could you know appease their their uh, listeners or their viewers you know and this is how it works man and we just have to be privy to that it's like you know this happens all the time and I'm looking at it and like it took me two seconds to realize what the is this dude talking about man you know what I mean like you're really making this shit sound like you know like like it's a disaster like, look, it, this this didn't go off well. It did it. I, I'm, you know, I'll be and the first to tell you. And it was never going to. And it was never and going to. By the to. way, you used the word privy wrong, but you know that's okay. Probably you meant aware. Aware. But, yeah. Uh, so it, this is one of those things where stupid people say stupid things in a stupid way about a subject that they are too stupid to be commenting on. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that's honestly what it is. Is the the same people that again couldn't figure out how to help little Johnny with their algebra homework are now expert immunologists. Yeah, no, you know, it's ridiculous. The like I saw um, a, a, a badge on Facebook the other day, 
and I, I wound up downloading it and blacking out the, the image of the person so that people could see the badge. And it said, you know, I, I trust my immune system uh, and something about vaccinations. Right? And it's like, you trust your immune system. So here's what that tells me right away. You're stupid. Yeah. I know you're stupid because a smart person would never say, I'm not getting a vaccination because I trust my immune system. Right. Because a smart person would recognize how stupid that is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like By the have... way, it's very strange where you're here right next to me, but I'm still looking at you. We don't know how um, to work this out yet. <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's, uh, you know, it's details. Um, you know, this is the first time we're doing this live. Yeah. Maybe the second or whatever. It's but the it's... second. We never aired the first one. But yeah. It was, it was too horrendous. It's, yeah, I hear you. Um... But now here we are. And it's just like, I don't really know what to do. If I look at you, it's weird. And yeah. then you're not looking at me. And it's yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you know, whatever. It's, and if um, we lock eyes, we might kiss. Yeah, so, you know, there's always that danger. <laughs> you know, heterosexual life, mate. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, it, it's, in a way, uh, what's on my mind has is, is tangential to what we're talking about. Um, I think it's part of the same continuum. You can tell me whether you, whether you agree or not, but... Mm-hmm. It's this whole right-wing incongruity, right? I mean, you could call it cognitive dissonance. You could call it stupidity, which I do a lot. Uh, You could call it authoritarian thinking, which I also do a lot. But I believe the the, the main thing about it is that it's incongruous. It's it's completely disjointed. It's paradoxical. It's, it's, It's constantly contradicting itself. And so that leads me to Ronald Reagan, Mm. right? Um, This is one of the biggest mysteries uh, that that I've ever encountered. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, we know for a fact that Reagan is just considered an icon in the Republican Party. Like many of them say he's the best president that America has ever had. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can't ask them why they think that because they melt down. Um, I actually asked someone that question once. <laughs> uh, it was this dude. It was three of us on a boat, uh, and um, you know, you have a lot of time. You have three hours on the water. You're gonna you're gonna talk to people, and it was kind of a networking thing. Um, and uh, this guy was waxing poetic about Ronald Reagan, and I was like, okay, so what made him such a good president. And the only thing that he could say was the speeches. Oh, the city on the hill and that, that, that. Okay, so what about his policies? What about what he actually accomplished while he was in office? Mm -hmm. It was almost like I saw oil leaking out of his head. This guy just seized up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it just seized up. And so, what I realize is that it's all rhetoric, you know, to begin with. But this particular rhetoric I find fascinating because Republicans stand for certain things, yeah. right? They talk about small government, which, by the way, George Bush uh, increased the size of the government by 41% while he was in office. Yeah. 
which is not an insignificant uh, increase. I mean, imagine if you suddenly became 41% bigger than you are now, and I'm, I'm using the universal you, any any one of us becomes 41% It would heavier. go like from that to this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Would, it, would, it would be crazy, right? Yeah. So, you know, increasing the government by 41% significant, people still think he's some kind of fucking hero because he was bold enough to illegally start a 20-year war. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and uh, you know, not wanting to uh, rest on his laurels, he went in and started a second illegal war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after yeah. That. I hear you. <laughs> but anyway, back to Reagan. So, when you look at his record, when you look at the things he actually did while he was in office, it is completely antithetical to everything that Republicans say they're about, right? Because they, they, uh, they hate immigrants, and he gave amnesty to around three million immigrants, right? Uh, they hate gun control. He enacted gun control. They hate taxes. He raised taxes in seven of the eight years that he was in office. The first year he cut taxes, but because that was the wrong thing to do, it increased the deficit by 300%. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's like, you can't on one hand say, I want services, and then on the other hand say, I don't want to pay taxes. Right. Those two things collide with right, each other. exactly. They're, they're, they're paradoxical. You can't, you, they, you know, it's one of those things where you can't have uh, two opposite things be equally true, yeah, right? right? It's uh, Occam's razor and that kind of shit, you know? So that's what we're dealing with. And so between immigration and taxes and negotiating with terrorists, let's not forget that, mm -hmm. right? Which America's supposedly not into, mm -hmm. right? Which, of course, they are. But... All of these things he did are firmly uh, against everything that Republicans hold near and dear. The only thing he didn't do was like try to try to legalize more abortions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then that would then he would have hit you know a, a grand yeah. slam. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> it, so my question is, how stupid are these people that their icon? as a political party, is a man who did everything against what they say they stand for. <laughs> right. And I don't understand this idea. Like, I, in my lifetime, I have not seen, like, because I've, I've heard so many uh, Republicans and conservatives harp about, like, how, oh, we're fiscally conservative. And I'm like, I don't see it. I, I haven't seen it. Like, I, my, my first Republican president that I'm, that I was, I guess aware of um you know um was ronald reagan mm -hmm. and not like and and then it was you know george w george wb bush or w uh whatever the the senior the cia director the first guy his vip his the, vp the, the actual war hero yeah then george w the dumber the dumber george the dumber that's what i like to call george him. the dumber yeah and then it was you know in uh dump well it was clinton and well, Clinton, yeah, but Clinton oh, was a oh, Republican, oh, 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 yeah. Republican, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We had... And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... break. We had yeah. an eight-year break. <laughs> it was like a raid, a raid. There was treasury raids. There was increase in fucking immigrants. There was increase in fucking... Uh, but what do you mean increase in immigrants? 
well, with Ronald Reagan, he gave amnesty oh, to three million. Yeah, so it, we, like we saw everything that Republicans say that they're against done by them. Yeah, right. And it's just like so. I, I don't. I don't get it. What like what are you holding on to? What are the yeah. values that Republicans and conservatives right. are holding on to that they that they see? Listen, and and, I, and I'm not talking about the Republicans of America. Like uh, the citizens, voters. I'm You're talking, talking about, about lawmakers. I'm talking about lawmakers. I'm, right. I'm. What does your, what do the legislators that are running as Republicans that are claiming that they're conservatives, what are they exhibiting that you agree with? I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. Like I, I, I hear the the common folk, right? That, that says that he's Republican and he's all about conservative family values, all of these yeah, things. But in, it's like, but in polls. There's there's a beautiful like Venn diagram where most Republicans and Democrats, as far as voters and citizens, they they overlap tremendously. Absolutely. In in their in what they want, they they all believe in marriage equality. They all believe in gender equality. Uh, they believe drugs should be uh, legal. They believe uh, that we don't need guns uh, the the way we did. So there should be gun control. Like. Average American citizens agree on the most important issues of the day. Yeah. And and the lawmakers who ironically are referred to as representatives are not representing right. the people that 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 they say they're representing because the only the only people that the lawmakers are representing really are business owners. Right. And I'm talking about elite, big, huge yeah. business business owners. The pharmaceutical right. companies. Exactly. Yeah, you go on and exactly. Yeah, the insurance companies, the credit card yeah. companies. You know, let's not forget, Joe Biden was behind that legislation to make it uh, impossible for you to declare bankruptcy if you had credit card debt. I hear these commercials all the time about it's like insurance fraud is the crime you pay for. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck that. I'm not writing nobody out. If you want to do insurance, I'm not going to do... I'm not gonna do insurance crime. I'm gonna do insurance fraud. That's my. That's me. That's my thing. But wait, if somebody wait, wait. wants to do that, S say it again. You you're gonna what? There's there's commercials. No, uh, no. Just say that last part. The last part is that I'm not gonna commit insurance fraud. Okay. Right. I don't intend to do it. But I'm certainly not writing nobody out about it. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. For legal purposes, the persistent rumor does not endorse insurance fraud. Because as far as I'm concerned, insurance is a fraud. Yeah. Like, you know, especially health insurance. Like I can I can I can give a little bit All of, insurance is a fraud as far I, as I'm I, concerned. Yeah, no, I hear you. But like I can see a little bit of you know, I can see a little bit of like, okay, there's there's some uh, you know uh redeeming qualities about auto insurance maybe that helps yeah. me out occasionally, Can't you know, it. it gives you a little peace of mind. But Be, but again, if you the things that you criticize health insurance for, you can apply to auto insurance because the concept is the same. Yeah. Why do we need these middlemen? I, why not, absolutely. Why not when you turn, I don't know, 18 or 21? Or, well, you can you can start driving at 17. So when you start driving at 17, what would happen if every human being, 17 and older, paid $20 a month into a fund, a universal fund? Like an escrow kind right? of. Right? Yeah. That, that was for insurance. It was for car insurance. It was for, you know, you, then when you hit... I don't know, 25 or something, you pay another 20 bucks that goes into a home insurance fund and a, and a health insurance fund. Like, because, you know, these things exist. Like, we have FICA. Right. You know, and FICA's terribly flawed. 
in that it cuts off at a hundred thousand dollars of of your income. Right. So people that are people that are making a hundred thousand dollars are effectively paying a higher percentage rate than someone making ten million dollars. Right. It makes no sense. Absolutely. So, you know, the despite that, despite that, these mechanisms exist where you can create a fund that's a universal fund. It's like, call it like Medicaid if you want to, whatever it is, but these universal funds that people get to tap into when they need it. Mm -hmm. And it's government run, and the cynical people that say the government can't do anything, well, okay, then try landing the airplane yourself. Right. Okay? Yeah. Uh, try paving the roads yourself. Try bringing electricity into your home yourself and water into your home yourself and disposing of garbage and all these other things. You know, and, and putting out fires and policing... These are all socialist functions. They are they're a pool that is meant for all of society, and and we can we it would be easy I think to do these things. And it's it's something like Anthony Robbins said. It's not about resources. It's about resourcefulness. The right. the rules are the way they are because it benefits the elites of the world. Right. It benefits the business owners. It benefits the people that are running government that are owned by the business owners. Right. Right? You know, George Carlin spoke extensively on this. And as you can see on my monitor, it says, what would George Carlin do? Uh, because, you know, I'm a big, big, big uh, yeah. fan uh, of Carlin. So the the point is, is that the the need for insurance is, as you say, it's fraudulent. It's a scam. There is no reason why these third parties are in between you and an incident with your car or you and an incident with your health or you and right. an incident with your home. No reason. There's no reason why these uh, insurance company CEOs are billionaires. Right. You know, while, while you get into an accident and they refuse to pay, that guy's buying another yacht with your money. Right. It's, yeah. it's horse That's right. And that's the thing. It's just these outrageous profits that these fucking insurance companies are taking in. And it's like, listen, I, I I get that you have to run and everybody has to get paid, but it's like we're talking about exorbitant fucking profits and, and, and all this money that, oh, well, you know, we got to make our shareholders happy. And it's like, why is this even a public company? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't even understand why, why, why shareholders have to even be mentioned with insurance. It's like, you know, this is the kind of that just like you know kind of makes it look like this is this is legitimized crime yeah. it's what it is it's racketeering to a, at a government level yeah you know and so you know like every and 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 if you ask people if you go around and asking people right and and i don't care what what side of the fence you're in if you're if you're a democrat republican conservative central uh, you know uh, moderate whatever it is that you are green party green party <laughs> thank you uh, yeah, you know, you're just going to be like, okay, you know what, I, I agree with that. Most people that I talk to are this, in the same, you know, like, yeah, we all hate it. So it's like, why are we why are we fighting each other then? Yeah. Why the f*** are we getting into arguments with each other? That's how it's set like, up. Like, it's supposed to be us against them. That's, it's set up. The, the whole Hatfield-McCoy paradigm is, and this was uh, covered, I think, uh, to perfection in the book 1984 by George mm -hmm. Orwell. Yeah. Um, when, if, if you haven't read the book or if you haven't read it in a long time, maybe you read it in high school or something, I would highly encourage anyone to read that book again. 
I read it for the first time during the Bush administration because so many people kept referencing it. And I was like, man, I've heard about this book literally my whole life and never read it. And now people are referencing it like weekly. Yeah. Not a week went by without someone comparing the Bush administration to the Orwellian nightmare in 1984. And um, and I, I wound up watching the film, which was, eh, it was okay. Uh, but books are always better, right? Right. In the, in the book, I'm the director and the casting agent and all that other stuff, right? <laughs> uh, so when I read the book, the first thing that I, I thought was this could have been written yesterday, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was in 2003 right. that I read that book. If you read the book now in 2021... Right, or if you're looking at this in the future, three thousand eighty-four, uh, <laughs> we have um, backups of this. You will still say this could have been written yesterday. Yeah, and the reason why that's true is because what Orwell unearthed in his book, or pointed out in his book, highlighted in his book, was the human condition, especially when you mix the human condition with governments. Yeah. Right? So when you when you look at the role of government and you look at the, the role of people and you look at the role of corporations, you know, like one thing he said in the book, which was just chilling, he said, wars are not meant to be won. They're meant to be fought. Right. Because the war effort makes people rich. Right. You know? It's no coincidence that immediately after the Federal Reserve was formed, which is not a government agency, right. it's called the Federal Reserve, it makes it sound like it's a government agency, it is not. It is private industries, uh, I believe 12 banks, uh, you know, the J.P. Morgans of the world, the Rockefellers of the world, all of, the, all of those elites, they're the ones that own the collective uh, symposium, if you will, of, uh, of banks that make up the Federal Reserve. And that was uh, written into law by Woodrow Wilson in 1913. And in 1914, America gets into World War One. Yeah. All right. And I have not heard one historian ever. And I, and I, I look at, you know, history a lot. I read history. There's a history podcast. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History is amazing. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he sits and talks for four hours, but it's it's amazing. If you're ever on a long drive and you want to learn about everything, like how many nose hairs Hitler had, like Dan Carlin <laughs> will f***ing know, okay? And, and it's captivating. I, I, I took a drive to Pittsburgh, and it was an eight-hour drive, so I got to listen to a couple of uh, episodes that he did on World War One absolutely fascinating but here's the thing nobody can really tell you like give you like a solid solid reason why america was involved in world war one yeah so my deductive reasoning for whatever good it's worth uh says yeah of course we were in 1914 jp morgan john pierpont morgan made 200 million dollars as a member of the federal reserve Wow. 1914. 
That's, when that's you over can buy, $2 billion. Yeah. Dollars, you can buy a whole pack of Oreos for two cents. <laughs> That's just, that's you can what buy I, a family for a quarter. Like, yeah, like, yeah, no, it was crazy. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how much for a whole subway station in New York City? Yeah. $50. I mean, and again, to put it in perspective, uh, the year I was born, 1964, the average income for an American citizen was $5,000 a year. Yeah. A year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I spend more than that on meals throughout yeah. the year, right? Oh, yeah. But anyway. I'm a baller, you know what can you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how it is, yeah. Yes. <laughs> whole Foods, you know how it is, baby. I'll, you just go I'll make that meal a large meal. <laughs> yeah. You should see us you should see us ordering Chinese food. There's a you know I'm embarrassed of how many fortune cookies arrive in my in my order because what you're the, ordering what, for one, and yeah, you get three. Like, yeah, and you get three, four cookies. You know what I'm saying? Because I've what never they do, gotten four. I have gotten two a lot, and once in a while I get three. Yeah, no. I so mean, I'm like, a fat. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why. Yeah, no, it's what it is, and you know, and 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 that's the issue. Like they they definitely seem like okay, but we're rationing out. We're going to give you just enough cookies for however many people we think that this feeds. Right. Right. And it's like, it's never one, never one. It's never one. It's two and up. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, uh, clearly, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. And it's like a combo platter and a soda and shit. And it's like, yeah. And then you'd be like, you know what? And there's some dumplings. Well, somebody else is going to eat those dumplings. You can't eat a whole combo platter in the dumpling. So I mean, yeah. just make sure we get them two, maybe yeah. three. I don't know, yeah, whatever yeah. the case is. It's, it's always embarrassing, right? And that's the point. And if we both order, it's a it's a yeah. dozen cookies. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> there's a question that I've gotten many times over the years. Yeah. And I'll answer it publicly now. The question is, how is it that as a vegetarian, almost vegan, I'm like this close to being vegan, mm. uh, how are you overweight? And you know, technically, I'm morbidly obese, right? And you know, just look at the camera. I mean, it's pretty obvious. So here's the answer. Persistence and tenacity. Dedication. <laughs> I like persistence and tenacity, too. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, I mean, you know, it it's not easy yeah. to be a fat vegetarian. That's it. I mean, I don't and I don't eat, I don't eat junk food. And I don't drink soda. I don't even drink orange juice. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> the whole f***ing fat's here. Yeah, here. So, so. So ridiculous. Yeah, so that's that's what it is. I mean, we, we work hard at, at being the size that we are. You know what we work hard at as well? We work hard on our comfort. Oh. We're, uh, Yeah. I am slavishly devoted to my comfort, and, yeah. I, and I say that with no hint of irony or embarrassment or self-consciousness. Nope. I actually love that about myself. Yeah. yeah. I, I will buy anything that I can afford that I think will contribute to my comfort. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. And it, if I don't save money because of it, I don't care. Because... If the persistent rumor is true and we all die, then uh, to me, there's no difference between dying in a shitty bed and dying in a comfortable bed. Right. <laughs> then that's it. You know, 
so I'm I'm okay that I live in a place that has all the charm of a crack house. <laughs> I'm okay with the fact that I I drive a, a cheap car. It is a new car. Uh, you were there when I bought it. Yeah. Uh, helping me navigate the horrors of uh, an auto dealership. Um, and um, you know I don't wear designer clothes. I don't have jewelry any any jewelry that I have like the watch that I wear for business was given to me my wallet was a gift from you from from your uh, first wedding <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know I just I don't I don't Lasting I don't memories. have fancy shit, yeah. but my place got is this littered fancy ass computer though yeah my place yeah. is littered but that see the computer <laughs> is a good example of what I'm talking about because it was taking too long to render these videos on my old computer. Not that I had anywhere to go or anything to do. I just wanted to render the, the, the videos faster. So I had you build an excellent computer and, and it's much, much faster now. And that, again, that's, that was just psychological comfort. That wasn't even physical comfort. Because again, there really technically is no difference between taking a half hour to render a video and taking three hours to render a video in terms on the impact that it has on my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it didn't affect anything. I just didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. It's the same here. And, you know, like I work with computers, you know, for a living. So it's like once once a computer started to get to a situation where it's like, oh, man, why is this taking too long to load? And it's like, fuck it, wipe, reload, get a new hard drive, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not, I don't even want to deal with it. Like, so, you know, um, that's adding to my comfort. I don't. I don't want to wait for clicks. I'm doing too many clicks in a day, and I'm going through so many screens that it's like once there's too much lag, it's like right. I can't deal with it. I need something to process faster. Right. Right. I don't know why I didn't take a breath between those words, but you know that's what it is. I'm sometimes glad you're I get. Okay. I yeah. Was, I was so concerned that I sat. I get proclaimed when I talk about PCs. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So if anyone's still listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. Um, you know, I'm just a big believer in in the idea that um, life uh, will always bring hardships of varying kinds. If you're lucky, they're all first world problems. If you're not lucky, your house washes you away in a flood. Yeah. You know, I mean, shit happens, right? And, and, and nobody escapes that. So I want the minutia of my life to be as comfortable and high quality as I can afford to make it. Yeah. And the more money I make, I guarantee you that's what I'll spend it on. If, if, I, if, if it means I can buy better pillows, if it means I can buy better ergonomic chairs or whatever, that's what I'm going to spend my money on. You know, I have several different massage tools uh, next to my couch because I, you know, I sit on a massage pad. I have a, I have a, a foot bath that also massages you. I have a massage wand. I have a massage cane. <laughs> I've got all sorts of shit just to make myself feel better because, you know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm just a big believer in that. Life is hard enough, man. I want to make my shit as soft and comfortable as possible. Can I borrow that wand? No. no okay. definitely. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. We'll dub that out. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, man. Yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, I think it's important. I think it's, like, one of those things that I learned from you is just that, you know what I mean? Like, your comfort is everything. Like, you know, like, 
you know, it's 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 part of loving yourself. It's part of getting yeah. to know yourself and just being like, you know, like the, the things that make you happy. Right. You know, that adds to your comfort, you know. Um, Which you know, brings us to another subject, online dating. Please do tell. Like, uh, women sometimes get frustrated with me because I won't pay tolls or cross bridges and tunnels go through tunnels you don't cross tunnels that was dumb so yeah you go through tunnels. I, I apologize That's fine. everybody i'm all i will not i won't travel usually more than a half hour to get to somebody so my my search area is is relatively small um and i'm just i'm a big believer in that because these things add up, right? It's just like, imagine your commute. Imagine if you went from, let's say, a half-hour commute to an hour commute. So, on the face of it, you go, well, that doesn't mean anything. But what that means is that you've now lost an hour in your day, right? right. So, there's an impact. Whether you're okay with the impact, that's up to you. But there is an impact, right? So, I factor all of these things in. So, if I see a hot chick... It was once in a while I go outside of my pre-mapped out search and I'll just look at random women and I'll see a hot chick and, you know, then I find out, oh, she's in Brooklyn. That's not happening because that's two bridges I got to cross to get to you. Yeah. So that's out of the question. <laughs> yeah. And, in, and and perpetual traffic. Like it's yeah. Yeah, nuts. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's certain parts of Brooklyn where I can get to in an hour, but why I gotta pay tolls, I gotta fight traffic, just to hang out with someone who's ultimately probably not gonna be that much of a big deal, you know. No. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm sure she'll be fine. But yeah, it's but not what's like the retort? Spectacular. But what's the retort you usually get? It's like you wouldn't you wouldn't go uh, and pay well, tolls for once. love. Yeah, yeah, that happened once. This woman uh, hit on me from the Bronx. And and I just said, oh, you know, thank you. I appreciate the attention, but you're outside of my dating radius. And she was like, what does that mean? And I said, you know, I don't, I don't pay tolls to date. And yeah. she said, and she said, you wouldn't pay tolls for love. And I said, yes, but I won't pay tolls to date. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and the beauty of it is, if I don't pay tolls to date. I probably won't have to pay tolls for love. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I fall in love very easily anyway. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, but yeah, no, I just uh, it, it, these are the things where it's the little things eventually can become big things because right. when I date someone, I I generally like to see them often, and so if I'm seeing you three, four, five times a week, and I'm paying tolls every time, it's like I'm slowly going broke. Just to date a woman? I'm sorry. None of you are worth it. Yeah, yeah I said it. Fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> Up top. Uh, it's my man. <laughs> but that's what it is. Like, you know, it's because it's like, you know, you have, it, you know, you set up a boundary. Like, you say, okay, this is what I won't do. This is what, you know, I don't feel like doing, whatever. And then when you put it up and somebody says, why wouldn't you do that? I'd do that. Who gives a shit why you what what you would do? It's right. like so this is what I want to do, and it's like right. It's like and that's and that's what it is. It's like you you know most of the time I hear women saying things like, "Hey, you know, I just want a guy to be honest." It's like, okay, well, here's me being no, honest. No. No, yeah, no, no. no, I I get what it, they, but what they mean by that, if we can digress for a moment, is they don't want to be lied to. 
Right. They don't want honesty. I've never met a woman in my life that wanted honesty because here's here's honesty. Here's an example of honesty. Do I look fat in this? No, you look fat in everything. That's honesty. <laughs> Cold-blooded. <laughs> that, but that's honest, yeah, right? If right. that's what's really going on, that's honest. They don't want that. Nobody wants that. Right. Okay? So I don't want I don't want honesty. I don't need to say don't lie to me because I'm going to know if you're lying to me anyway. If it's an important lie, I'm going to know. Yeah. I'm a walking lie detector. I will know if you're lying to me. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so I'm not worried about it. I don't put out this list. Like, we were going through a profile earlier on one of the popular dating sites. And... Um, this woman wrote reams, I'm talking about several paragraphs of what she was afraid of. Yeah. She, now, I know that she doesn't think that that's what she was doing, but that's what she was doing. And subsequently, and completely unintentionally, if I wanted to lie to her, she now has given me all the ways to do it. Right. Right? So, ladies, please... Don't list your grievances on your dating profile. Don't list your pet peeves. Don't list what you don't want. Because then a guy that wants to fuck you will pretend to be all the things that you say you want or pretend not to be the things that you say you don't want. That's right. Okay? It's a bad move and it's unnecessary. Yeah. I get it. I get, you know, I had a sales manager in 1985 that said something that stays with me to this day. He said, imagine if you were ticklish right here, right? You had a, you had a spot right there where, like, if someone touched it, you just laughed uncontrollably. Yeah. And everyone that passed you touched you in that spot and you left. Like, eventually, that would be maddening. Right. Like, you know, you, you wouldn't want to just be laughing all day long uncontrollably because people were touching the spot that made you laugh like that, right. right? Yeah. So what would you do? You'd start walking around like this. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. You would You would preemptively protect yourself against someone touching that spot. That's yeah. what human beings do. Right. Okay? And it's a mistake. It's it's living through your fears. Right. Right. Of course, that's an exaggerated example, but that is the psychological reality of most people. And online, so many women are putting out their list of grievances as a way to say, "This is what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I don't I don't want you touching on this spot." Like like what did I say when someone wrote, um, "I am." Truly blessed by God. Oh, I forgot what you said about that. Oh, I like, said, yeah, yeah. I said she loves to. F oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I am abundantly blessed. I am abundantly yeah. blessed. That was the exact quote. Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. And the reason I said that, and it, and even though it's it it was funny, it wasn't untrue. Yeah. Okay. My experience with women is that the ones that start off their profile. By referencing their religious or spiritual condition or affiliation or belief are the ones that are doing that as a way to protect themselves from their own libido. Mm -hmm. They're trying to they're trying to say, you know, 
I really, really love sex. So I'm going to throw this smoke screen out to make you think that that's what I'm not about. But if you put the tumblers into the right place, you'll find out that I really love sex. And I always find out. <laughs> I mean... And I've put that to the test many, many times. Yeah. And I've always been right. We've, uh... We've shared stories. It happens a lot. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah. But just understand that this I've is what you're doing. I've cracked the code. I've yeah. cracked the code. I, you know, I, I can't say that I know what it's like to be a woman, because there's no way that would be true. But I can say that I think that I have a very, very profound understanding of women, which is why I have an easy time dating, is because I know what to avoid. I know how to screen people. And... I, I'm not desperate, so I, 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 I get I get to the people I need to get to, and we get to what we need to get to very quickly. Maybe if I uh, hold you really tight and touch your back, <laughs> you'll you'll know what it is to be a woman. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we could do a whole hour on how wrong that was. <laughs> to say <laughs> you come off real uh, on that you know <laughs> yeah that's true that's true but it's out of love it's for you of course you know that's it that wasn't directed at the women right folk, you know specifically me just you yeah it's, you know i so have a, i feel like still but very focused yes yeah that's it you know just kind of like you know like uh yeah yeah that's what it is oh uh, i know that i'm gonna wake up martial artist. at this you're a martial artist i figure you know what i mean we don't need any safe words you know you could you could you know what i mean you could arm bar me if it comes out of that you know oh that's too funny all right that is too funny wow i'm i know i'm gonna wake up laughing at that tomorrow i just know it I'm looking forward to the text message about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> Throughout the day, tomorrow, I will be laughing at that. All right. Oh, that is delightful. Anyway, so... <laughs> so we covered Reagan. We covered dating. Uh, I don't know what else. Whatever. whatever. Well, we saw, we finished off with back... So that was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's a strong good. finish. That's a strong finish. That's it. <laughs> Only fireworks would, would, would be more... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Star Spangled wow. Banner. Oh, f yeah. yeah. No, not in this house. No, no, I hear you. I don't know. I'm no, yeah, no. Just... You know, uh, I'm more of an America f you kind of guy. Um, <laughs> America. <laughs> not f you. Yeah. yeah, not f yeah, f you. Uh, because, uh, you know, I recognize that there is potential in America. But there's way too much unrealized potential. Yes. So I, I won't stand for the Star Spangled Banner, which, by the way, just for the record, is a song about murdering slaves. Yes. And if you responded with, oh, this guy's a fucking asshole, that's because you haven't read the lyrics. Yes. And you don't hear the whole song when it's played publicly. They play either the first verse or the first two verses. That's it. The part about murdering slaves becomes very evident in the third verse, or the stanza, they call it, right? It's four stanzas, 
you only hear the first one or two at sporting events and other events where they sing that. But that's what the song is about. Mm-hmm. The song "Land of the Free" is referring to white people. Yes. Um, there's a part about you know murdering slaves, and it's not ambiguous. It's not that I had to interpret. It's very, very obvious. Please go to either the, I think the Maryland Historical Society has the actual parchment that Francis Scott Key wrote the the lyrics on, with, of course, the lyrics. And I know the Smithsonian has the lyrics as well. Not that you can't find them elsewhere, but those are the, you know, the, the institutes of record for American history. So go there, read that, read the lyrics, and then tell me I'm wrong. You won't be able to. It's a song no. about murdering slaves. So no, I will not stand for that song. I will not put my hand over my heart. I will not re- recite the Pledge of Allegiance because fuck you. <laughs> That's it, baby. You know, we're we're going to devote some some part of the podcast one day to the ridiculously long list of ways that America has legally subjugated black and brown people. Okay? I'm for in, it. in the law, codified and permanent uh, are many statutes that are specific to black people and not conceptually in name yeah you know just for a few like the gi bill the fha loans go ahead and dig through that legislation you will see what i'm talking about so uh and there's lots of things like that uh throughout american history and these things are still on the books the 13th amendment is still on the books and law and active so, you know, that, that's, that's where it says, it opens up by saying, hey, this amendment is about how slavery is illegal unless the person's incarcerated, then you can make them your slave. Right. That's what the 13th Amendment is. It's not the freeing of the slaves, as so many dumb people say, or ignorant. I won't call you dumb. You, you might not know. It's just ignorance. But no, that's what the Emancipation Proclamation was about. Right. The 13th Amendment was a loophole. It was a way to get around the fact that black and brown people were now free. It was, And, and that's when black codes came up. And that's when, uh, you know, the, the, whole, uh, the whole Jim Crow era came up. It was, it was about like, you know, you couldn't be a black person out at night. That was illegal. You know, so yeah. again, you know, it's, it's too much to cover in the time we have left for this podcast. But... One day we we will talk about that at length because I want to finally and permanently answer the question: What are you so upset about? Because <laughs> you know, once yeah. in a while, arrogant white folks will like, oh, what are black people yeah. so upset about? Well, I've got that answer for you, and, and you'll never have yeah. to answer answer and it again. That's what we mean about privilege: the fact that you don't, you, the fact that you ask that question because you are completely unaware of what's happening. Right. That is the privilege we're talking about. It's yes. not a financial privilege. It's not a. Yes. It doesn't mean that you didn't have to work. It doesn't mean that right. you're not a hard worker. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that you have the privilege of and not knowing, not knowing, and right. not needing to know. Yes. 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 
Right. And I give the example of being pulled over by the police. Yeah. I've never met a white person ever when I asked them, you know, what goes through your mind when you get pulled over that said, I was afraid for my life. Yeah. Not once. Not once. Yeah. And the fact that if I get, I mean, I rarely get pulled over at this point, but let's say I'm, you know, cruising down the highway a little bit faster than the law permits and someone pulls me over, I have to, as a matter of fact and as a matter of reality, wonder if this is going to be the last or these are going to be the last few moments of my life. Right. I have to think that. Yeah. And it's not unreasonable for me to think that. And if you think it is, it's probably because you're white and you've never had to deal with that. That's right. And congratulations to you. But that's not that's not the reality for uh, black and brown people in America or people of color, as some people prefer. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, again, we'll, we'll we'll cover that uh, ad nauseum <laughs> in another uh, episode. I want a singer. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I'm gonna create. I'm gonna count uh, as a word. So, in five words, you completely dismantle everything that I spent three minutes <laughs> building up, and I love you for that. <laughs> And if you think it, it, this doesn't work across the board, if you're listening and, oh, that chocolate is a goofy dude. No, there have been times when I have been in a heightened emotional state, very upset about something, and I'll rant for five, maybe even ten minutes about some sh**, and this motherfucker does the same thing at the end of it. <laughs> Four or five words. And I yeah. f***ing love it. That is yeah. a skill. It's a talent. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing. Like, I, I've laughed every time you've done it because it's just f***ing amazing. It's a good combination of absurdity and, you know, like, uh, just, you know, like, it's the timing of it, too. It's like, impeccable yeah. comedic timing. Yeah. There is a, an alacrity to it that is f***ing blistering. Yeah. Like, like, the... There's just that was about the longest you ever took to do it. What you just did now, usually it's like I stopped talking and bam. Yeah, no. Well, see that again. Like for me, it was just like that dead silence that was, that was going good. on, and that it was, was like, nice. okay, so what's next? And then it's like <laughs> I want to sing. <laughs> Anyway, why don't we just put it up a com uh, comedy clinic here? Yeah. All right, folks. Listen, it's been real cool. We're gonna put some links in the description. Maybe I don't know what he does. Um, you know, but watch the shows. Fucking dope. We're probably gonna do this more often here. And you know, yeah. it's like, hey, my arms look really fucking hairy with the right lighting. Like, look yeah. at that. Look at this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For for anyone that's been watching uh, the past episodes, this is the first time that Chancleta has been in good light. <laughs> yes. Yes. So this is what he looks like wow. in all his beautiful splendor. That's it. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So uh, this has been uh, another episode of the Persistent Rumor. Uh, it's been so much fun. Thank you for uh, attempting to have us have two mics. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll figure it out. Um, but until next time, hey, peace, love, and granola. Shout out now. <laughs> <laughs>